Oh boy, people are about to get real mad. Posse Packer Nation! Welcome to another episode of Packers, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Yeah, with any kind of ranking list, people are just going to get really, really angry, and they seem to get even more angry about QBs, which is why I've never really done a list, but it's the offseason, so why not? Grassy. And yeah, today I'm opening up a can of pain. Before we get to that, I want to do a big shout and thank you to two brand new patrons over at patreon.com slash Comedy. We got Constantine Han and we got Javier Verdine Guterres. I hope I didn't butcher that too badly, but thank you both very, very much. Now, this is one of those lists where the number one was relatively simple, but when it came to the number 10 spot, I had six QBs that were in contention for that spot. And I think you can make the argument that any one of those guys can be in that number 10 spot, which is why I just want to remind people, this is arbitrary. It's subjective. This is just my opinion. It ain't gospel, right? If you want to go and put Kirk Cousins at number one, you're an idiot. But listen, I support your right to be an idiot. So let the controversy begin. Number 10, I have Dak Prescott. I think I just heard an explosion somewhere. Before I get into Dak Prescott, I want to talk about the guys who just did not make the list. Number one, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, sorry, he's not there. Kirk Cousins is a... is a, is a good... Oh, it hurts. Is a good quarterback. Do I think that he's... And I think there is an argument to be made that he could find himself in the number 10 slot. He had a good season last year. The argument I would also make, though, is that he had a dynamic running game before Dalvin Cook got injured. He had Stephon Diggs, and he had Adam Thielen, and yet he still had wide receivers going on podcasts saying, what the hell, man? Why do you suck and not throw to me? I think his inconsistencies as a person who is a fan of a team that plays him twice a year and talks about him all the time... I just can't stop thinking about Kirk Cousins. I think that he is falling just outside of the top 10. If he is able to have a great season this year, yeah, maybe he can make the top 10 next year. But for, for right now, that's why Kirk Cousins didn't get in. The second omission is going to be for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, there is an argument for him to be in this as well. He had a very, very good season. Hell, he led his team to the Super Bowl. Right? And as I have said on many occasions, Jimmy Garoppolo won games for that team. While, yes, they had a dominant defense or they had a dominant run game, they he won flat-out games. He won the Rams game. He won the Saints game. He's done it a few times now. The thing is, is that when it came to the playoffs, he really didn't have to do much. And again, I understand that that might be a little unfair on Jimmy Garoppolo because they were able to rely on that defense and that run game to beat the Vikings and then the Packers easily. But... At the same time, when he got to the Super Bowl and it was like, okay, here you go, even though that's when they should have utilized the run game to just run out the clock, Shanahan, he kind of fell short. So that's why he's not making it for me. But if he's able to progress, I can easily see Garoppolo making the top 10 next year. Then you also had Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is one of the most underrated QBs, in my opinion, 
in the league. The guy constantly throws over 4,000 yards, throws a few picks, but Julio Jones is really like his only target. He has Calvin Ridley. He really hasn't had much of a running game. And to be completely honest, it was between Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott for that number 10 spot. And I think coming into this season... I value Dak Prescott, or I think he's going to do better than Matt Ryan simply because he has more weapons and a more stable offensive line. While you have Todd Gurley coming to Atlanta, and I think that will most certainly help, I think Dak Prescott's just going to do better. So I think that he's just kind of a product of the team or the lack of a team that they've surrounded Matt Ryan with, which is why he falls out of the top 10. Then you have Big Ben Roethlisberger. We just haven't seen him play in a while, so that's why. And finally, at Ryan Tannehill. I was really close to putting Tannehill on this list, but while he did play amazingly last year in that stretch of games, I, I need to see him do it again before he could be a top 10. That was the only logic behind that. Now, back to number 10, as I said five minutes later. I have Dak Prescott here. He threw nearly 5,000 yards last year. He had 30 TDs. He had 65% completion rating. And the guy has just been putting up ridiculous numbers. The Cowboys were one of the best offenses last year. Now, why I struggled with Dak and Matt Ryan is because Dak has a ton of support, as I said before. He has Ezekiel Elliott. He has a great offensive line. He has Amari Cooper to throw to. He has Gallup to throw to. He now has CeeDee Lamb to throw to. So I think he's going to put up ridiculous numbers this season, and that's why he's in this top 10. But... I think the argument could be made that Matt Ryan has just had less to work with because he's just had Julio Jones. But I think Dak Prescott, he's been consistent enough to earn himself a spot in the top 10, you know, and he's going to get paid like it one way or another. Then number nine, you got Tom Brady. I actually thought about not putting Tom Brady on this list because he definitely regressed last year. But at the same time, I think you also have to keep in mind that he really had no one to throw to. There was Julian Edelman who was like, hey, how you doing? But that really was about it. Nikhil Harry was injured the majority of the season and everyone else was kind of just like, whatever. I still think that he is one of the best pocket passers. He takes care of the ball through only eight interceptions last year. And I think coming into this season, he is going to be surrounded by a crap ton of weapons. Gronk, OJ Howard, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, hopefully a better offensive line. So I think that Tom Brady is going to basically be given every single opportunity to succeed. While I know he's like 105 years old, I still see him performing as a top 10 QB. Then number eight, I got Matthew Stafford. Yep. Another really, really underrated QB. And before his injury last year, the guy was tearing it up. In those eight games, he already had 19 touchdowns. He completed 64.3% of his passes. And he's another one. They've When has Matthew Stafford had a running game? Answer, never, right? They're just starting to put receivers around him with Marvin Jones. You have Galladay. They have people around him now. But you also have a constant rotation of coaches and personnel. And I think that that has made Matthew Stafford's time as a Detroit Lion pretty tumultuous. And he's not really been able to get a solid footing. But the guy still plays at a consistent level every single year. And so I think he is beyond worthy of a top 10 spot. And I actually contemplated putting him a little bit higher. If he's able to stay healthy this year, watch out. Because he could be really damn good this year. Then number seven, you got a guy who also suffers with injuries. And that's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is crapped on a whole lot because, you know, he can't stay upright because he gets annihilated in the backfield every day. But last year, he threw over 4,000 yards, 27 TDs, and 7 interceptions. But he's another guy that 
Who did he have to throw to last year? No, seriously. Who? All the wide receivers? Gone. They just got injured. They're like, okay, Carson, good luck. So they really didn't have a running game to speak of either because they were like, let's go get Jordan Howard. And then they just never used him. I think with Carson Wentz, he's another guy who he's playing an MVP like a few years back. You know, he wasn't able to lead them to the Super Bowl. You know, Nick Foles did that for him. But I think that he is a constant, constant underrated guy. He takes care of the football. He makes something out of literal nothing. And I think that if you start getting some more weapons around him, like they went and got a receiver in the first round, he's definitely going to be even better and put up those numbers. The thing that does, of course, concern me and many Eagles fans is his durability. If he's able to stay healthy, though, he's one of the best QBs in the league, and I think definitely is top 10. Then number six, you got Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Talk about another guy who does something with absolutely nothing. And then they were like, hey, you know that nothing that you had? We're going to make it even less than nothing because we're going to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. So good luck, Deshaun. He was sacked 44 times last year. And he still did all those things. I still vividly remember that play against the Bills where he's about to get sacked and he's just like, nope, never mind. And then he winds up completing the pass and basically winning them the game. Completes over 67% of his passes. The guy has a terrible O-line, does not have a ton of weapons behind him, hasn't had a running game. They're having David Johnson come in. You also have Bill O'Brien as your GM and head coach, so that has to be a nightmare. He has to get some points for that as well. But I think Deshaun Watson is another, not only just underrated QB, But the guy is constantly just being the focal point of the Houston Texans and has kept them alive year after year after year, even though they really haven't put any support around him. So I think that based off of his stats and then based what in his situation, yeah, he's close to a top five QB for me. Then number five. You got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, number five, because he's still top five. Fight me, bro. Aaron Rodgers led the league last year with a .7 interception percentage. Pretty damn good. Now, is Aaron Rodgers as good as he was? No. Father time, it always catches up to you eventually. He missed a few throws last year. He definitely, you know, struggled in a brand spanking new offense. But the guy was still a top five QB. He managed to completely and totally take care of the ball. He did not have many wide receivers to throw to either. Alan Lazard came in at the very end of the year and really started picking things up. But he didn't have a dedicated number two for the vast majority of it. Then Devontae Adams went out and he was still able to win games by utilizing guys like Aaron Jones and basically just spreading the ball around. So this is not the 2011 or the 2016 Aaron Rodgers, but again, he doesn't need to be. He was still able to take that team to the NFC Championship game. And so I think with Aaron Rodgers, he is not going to be making those big explosive plays every single time he takes the field. But as he has shown, including last year, he is still able to. And I think that's what makes him a top five QB. If I'm in a situation where I need to win the game, I'm trusting Aaron Rodgers to do it. Then number four, you got Drew Brees. Yeah, this one hurt. I I really contemplated not doing it, but I, I feel like I have to give Drew Brees credit where credit is due. The guy is one of the best QBs in the league. Now, I think there's potential that, you know, he's going to take a step back. Got injured last year, so, you know, he's starting to put some mileage on the old car there. But he had a 1.1 interception percentage, completed over 74% of his passes, 27 TDs, and four interceptions. The guy always take care of the football. He is surrounded by a ton of talent on that offense. You have Alvin Kamara, you have now Emmanuel Sanders, and of course you have Michael 
Michael Thomas. So he does have plenty of weapons to utilize. So, you know, I can see why he's putting up better numbers than certain QBs, but I think that it would be doing him a disservice to not recognize how good of a player and a consistent and how consistent of a player Drew Brees is. And so I gave him the slight edge over Rodgers, but when Aaron Rodgers goes nuclear and completely destroys the league and just leads everything, that's okay because I believed in him the whole time. Then number three, you got the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. Not bad for our running back. Are those jokes old yet? Completed over 66% of his passes. He led the league in passing TDs. He's a dual threat. Obviously, the guy won the MVP. The guy was absolutely phenomenal. After a pretty good rookie season, he just came back and was like, hey, guys, watch me just tear this league apart. And that he did. The only reason why he's not higher is just because the two guys in front of him have more experience, have been playing at a high, consistent level just for more time. I think Lamar Jackson, if he turns in a season like he did this past year again this year, yeah, he's going to be in the top two in the league. Then number two, you got Russell Wilson. While I'll always hate the sea chickens, I have to respect the ever-living crap out of Russell Wilson. The guy is amazing. He got sacked 48 times last year. Guy got annihilated back there, lost all of his running backs, really didn't have a ton of people to throw to, yet he took care of the ball, he had completed 66% of his passes, and he had the sixth most yards. So with all of that, Russell Wilson constantly running for his life, he is a dual-threat QB and is one of the most accurate and one of the best QBs in the league. There was an argument for him to win MVP last year. I wouldn't have hated to see it, but Lamar Jackson definitely deserved it as well. So yeah, Russell Wilson, hats off to you, buddy. I hate your team, but but not you. And then number one, there should be no surprise here. It's Case Cookies, y'all. The reigning defending Super Bowl champion, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, man, takes care of the football, was injured last year, and then just was like, oh, let me fix my knee. I'm fine now. He was number four in yards per attempt. And I think that what it comes down to is just clutch. Look at the Texans game in the divisional round. Like, that is the epitome of clutch. The guy is behind double digits, and he's just like, you know what? I'm going to will my team and use Bill O'Brien's stupidity to win this game. And within a half, he was just like, oh, yeah, guys, we're winning now, and we're not letting up. He's one of those guys who takes them back from a Super Bowl deficit and is able to win them the game. And Patrick Mahomes does have a lot of weapons on that offense to throw to. Very speedy guys, but that defense has never been amazing. The running game is okay, and Patrick Mahomes has no problem putting the entire weight of the team on his shoulders and being successful with it. And so with that, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is the standard right now for as the best QB in the NFL. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. Did I leave? Did I omit people from this list? And I shouldn't have. I, I struggled with it. I really, really did. Um, but that's my ranking. Let me know what you got down in the comments below. You can always find me at TomGrossyComedy.com or at TomGrossyComedy on all social media. See down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course, YouTube. And a big shout out and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy and the YouTube members. But thanks so much for watching. I'm Tom Grossy. And as always... Go back, go.